so, so impressed that you are here today on a cold, wintry day in the OC, you know, getting the, I, a lot of strollers and things and little, little ones come running down the hallway and I'm like, gosh, I know, I remember those days. It was just like five years ago, my kids were like this little. <laughs> getting, just getting to a church service is like a whole ordeal, right? No, we don't wanna go. They're hiding their shoes. They're, you know, giving five reasons why they don't wanna go. And I, I just wanna, from my heart, just let you know, I am so, so glad that you're here today. Um, if, you're, if you're a guest with us, um, my name is Mike and I get the privilege of being able to just do this thing called church, right? Um, we're doing a new series called Money Talks. And so uh, we're just gonna talk about money. Now, I just wanna take a moment here and just share a couple things from my heart before we get into what God put on my heart. Um, if you're a guest with us or been around maybe two, three, four weeks, we don't focus on money. What I wanna tell you is this series is not give more money to the church. We need your handout. We need your, if this ministry is to continue, you know, if you sow the seed of $30, you get 300 back. It, we, just, we, just, we just don't do that. But I really feel like there's a responsibility. Um, what does God say about money as God's people? What do we do with what God's given us? And so I just, out of the get-go, I just want to say, I don't want something from you. We don't want you to just, okay, he's just going to ask for money from the church. That's not what this is about. I'm really excited about what God has to say about how do we manage what we have How do we steward well so that we can be an example of Christ to the world, right? What do we do when we have money problems or money becomes an issue in marriage or maybe you're single and college debt just up and up and up? How am I ever gonna buy a house? I'm sure you're thinking about things like that. And um, so I just wanna talk about that from God's word and to let you know that I I would not be good as your pastor well, you know, I don't really want to talk about money because it's uncomfortable in church and there's been bad things that happen with money and things in ministry. You've probably seen, you know, over the years and heard about things like that. We, we got to talk about this because I want us to do really well with this. All right, good? Okay. You know, Jesus was the master storyteller. Jesus was able to cause people to lean in. And we're going to look at a parable that he told in Luke chapter 16. And before we read it, just some context, the 12 disciples, and many times there are many disciples following Jesus. And some of the women also uh, were involved in following the Lord and taking care of the disciples' needs and all that. So there was, at times, maybe my estimation is maybe 50, 60, 70 people. There were other times it was just the 12. Um, But wherever Jesus was, there was a crowd. You know, what's kind of interesting is Jesus often would push the crowds away because he wanted time with the disciples to equip them. He only had three years to get these guys ready, a three-year time to get them ready to, he was gonna hand off the ministry so they could, um, of course, continue on with God's mission. So when Jesus, Jesus would go into a place that the religious people said he wasn't supposed to go into, um, Jesus often, I, my opinion, I think Jesus went into the bars. I think Jesus, because it says he was a friend of sinners, He would often hang out with people who weren't religious. And that's what was so amazing about him is people just loved him because he loves everyone. So I just want you to imagine with me and and forgive me here. um, This is just how I imagine parables, the stories that Jesus told. It might've gone something 
like this. There are a bunch of people in a room. There's a big gathering, somebody's party. Maybe that's a wedding feast. And Jesus walks in and he says, I want to tell you a story. And all of a sudden the music kind of goes down and some of the uh, clamor in the room begins to quiet. And they're all huddled listening to what he says. And this is what Jesus says in this parable. Jesus told the story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. And so one day a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you are going to be fired. Ouch. And the manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg. I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I am fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? And the man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. And so the manager told him, let's do this. Take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe a thousand bushels of wheat, was the reply. And here the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. And the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal. I like that translation for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. So here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, you will welcome, uh, they will welcome you into an eternal home. If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. If you are dishonest in little things, you'll be, uh, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are trustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? No one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one or love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The Pharisees who dearly loved their money heard all this and scoffed at him. And then he said to them, you like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guides. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in. Wow. There's a lot to unpack here. And I just want to say a couple of things before we get into the text. Is that I really want us to gather around Jesus and listen to him. And here's some goals that I have. I want us to learn how do we do well with what we got. Maybe um, you're like myself that, you know, living in the OC is challenging financially. And so, um, you know, maybe reducing some of that debt is, is on, your, on your list. And how do we do that? Um, how can we think about investments? How can we think about money in a smart way? Um, that's where I want to go with that. So in this parable, it's interesting that 16 of the 38 parables... Jesus talked about money. I think the reason is because he knew that it could be a great tool or it also could be a great, unfortunately, a hindrance. So 
Jesus, it's kind of strange here. Jesus compliments the shrewd manager for making friends and reducing all that. Here's, here's what I love about Jesus' teaching. Seems to kind of come from the back door. Jesus is saying, look, this guy thought things through. He had a plan. He had a mission. He thought quick on his feet. It wasn't that he was admiring his dishonesty. What Jesus was trying to point out to his hearers and to his disciples is he thought things through. He had a plan. He knew what the plan was and he executed the plan. And out of the get-go, it's just parables are meant to be very simple. And so what Jesus is teaching us today and what he wants to encourage us with is so good to have a plan. We as the people of God should be the ones that are rallying around a plan financially so that we can put God first, right? So um, here's principle number one out of this. God owns it all. He owns everything that we have. I like what one man said. What you think you owe is really on loan. What you think you own is really on loan. It's not wrong to have nice things as long as those nice things don't have us, right? And so oftentimes we, um, we face the challenges, but here's what God says about owning it all. Deuteronomy 10, 14. Look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it all belong to the Lord, your God. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18 say, he did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord, your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Job 41.11 says, who has given me anything that I need to pay back? Everything under heaven is mine. Psalm 24.1 is the Lord or the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. And 1 Chronicles 29.14, but who am I? And who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have comes from you, God. And we give only what you gave us first. So that, that principle, number one, is just good out of the get-go that God owns everything. And if we have an understanding of that, then we know who's in charge. And I think it's much easier once we are reminded, hey, it's all God's anyway. He's just given us the talents, the time, the gift to be able to make money and prosper and all those things. If that's um, on your radar, that's all from God. So second is God's got to be first. God first. And of course, he said in Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So you might be listening to this t- today and thinking, gosh, I just don't have time to do one more thing. And I certainly don't have the resources to do one more thing. I'm doing, I'm stretched as far as I can possibly be. And Jesus is saying, it's not one more thing. He says, if you put my kingdom principles first, I will take care of everything else in your life. It doesn't mean that life will be easy. It doesn't mean that life will fall into a nice neat package. It just means that I'll take care of of everything you need. You won't have to run on this habit trail wheel of trying to get things done as quickly as we can. We're gonna trust God and we're gonna believe that God's gonna provide for us. So lesson learned and learning is God is first. Number three is this, gotta have a plan. And that's what I wanna talk about this series is having a plan. Um, When my wife and I got married, um, we made a decision because we were under some just really good pastoral teaching and care. Um, we had only known the Lord for a few years. And we just made a decision that we were gonna put God first in everything. 
didn't know what that looked like other than we just, our hearts are for you, God, number one, everything. So when we got back from our honeymoon, um, we went to Ralph's grocery store just down the street here on La Paz. And we were going grocery shopping for the first time as a married couple. So we didn't have much at the apartment we were renting. And so we filled the baskets with everything that we needed. I mean, food, mops, uh, just towel, every, we just, everything that we thought we absolutely needed at the moment, we just, we had it. And so we went through, and I remember two full carts at the grocery store was about $220. Isn't that crazy? And I remember after we were putting everything in the car, we had a discussion in the car. <laughs> How are we going to do all this? And that discussion came up out of Fear, that discussion came up out of how are we gonna afford to live here? And so I just remember when we were driving to our little apartment here in Mission Viejo, I remember we thought, we said to ourselves, we just gotta make a decision to put God first in everything. And that means our money first. So um, our pastor took us through a really cool um, 12 week series on managing money well. And I'll just a quick thing about having a plan. Most Americans don't know where their money's going, nor do they know how much they make. And so I think as God's people is what God is teaching us is we should know how much we have on loan and we should know where every penny is going. So we should have a very succinct plan about that. So in this, um, in this 12-week series, the uh, teacher of it encouraged everyone to get, a, um, they had, we had these notebooks. And as we open up these notebooks, it had two columns. And what it asked us to do is list every single expense that we have in life. Groceries, clothing, medical, dental, uh, car, auto, uh, car maintenance, tires for the car. I mean, every single, Starbucks, how many times we go every week, everything listed out. And then at the bottom, there's a total that we estimate how much it costs to live here in South County. And then on the right side, we get our total net worth for the month. What we want to do is make sure that those numbers match. If they don't match, let's say, for example, it costs 10 grand a month just to live here, right? With all the expenses, mortgage, that's, that's everything. And let's say we bring in 9,200, but it costs 10 grand to live. Then what we do as a team is we go back to the ledger with all of the expenses and we start talking together about how we can start eliminating things that maybe we don't really How many times do we need to really stop at Starbucks? Those kind of questions, right? Um, how, many, how many Home Depot runs do you really need? How many rounds of golf? And we start to talk about all that stuff. And then we start to eliminate together. One person's not making those decisions. We're doing that together so that we can get those numbers to match. And by the way, in that course that we went through, it was pretty simple stuff. God first, save, and then the cost of living spend. And it was, it was just so simple. And that's how God makes it. I love it. So in this parable, Jesus teaches, we got to have a plan. And it's good to have a plan. As long as we're giving that to God and say, God, I want to do it your way. So what are some action points out of this? Know that everything we have is a gift from God. And we have the privilege, privilege to manage it well. God's given us all these incredible things. And he wants us to manage those well. So in this series, it's not about, you know, we just want to get more money. It's, it's about, I want you and I together to do really well at this. And what's the ultimate reason, the goal? Because we want people around us to see that Jesus is alive. Jesus is in our finances. 
Jesus teaches us how to manage our finances, all those things. Number two is this. I want to make a decision to trust God with my finances. That, that, that's, that's, I, I hope today you're just going to, you know what? We don't need to pray about it. We don't need to think about it. We're just going to say, making a decision to trust God with everything we have. And then number three is to design a financial plan prompted by God's word. As long as it's prompted by the word of God and it has God's teaching in it, there's not one way to do this. But I really, we're gonna, through the series, offer some resources that you can go online and learn about all this stuff and recalibrate some of your finances and get things in order so that we can be the best possible witness we can for Christ. And then number four is to commit to applying God's principles to my life regarding money. Just personally, I just, God, I wanna do well with this. It's so much my desire, God, on the end, at the end of the day to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So at the end of the, the parable that Jesus taught, really the two questions Jesus is asking is, do you wanna just live for the temporal or do you wanna live for the eternal? And there's a wonderful balance with that But I think often we just get so caught up in stuff and the material that often we forget, wait a minute, there's an eternal perspective, God, on all the stuff you've given me. And I wanna leverage that well to be a good witness of what your kingdom is all about. So I thought it would be, I just wanted to go through real quick. um, When we give part of our giving to the Lord, what, what, what happens with all of that? We're really careful here about MVCC about making sure that all of our budgets that we come up with every year are completely ready and available for anyone to look at. You can, you can do that. You can ask questions. There's nothing to hide here. We're very open about that. So I just wanted to go through some things that um, happened last year that I hope that your heart is just, just so on fire for what God is doing at MVCC. And really, what is the result? If we really put God first in our finances, what is the result of that? Sunday main service attendance. Now this is 2023. Our main service here, Sunday morning attendance is up 28%. Isn't that great? Now part of that reason is because of part of that is the resources that we, even as our pastoral team, we put God first in everything. We're able to do some things that help facilitate um, a welcoming spirit. It means more staffing. We were able to redo um, the worship center, redo some of our property, enhance some of the children's ministry area and student ministry areas that are so valuable to our families. And we just want to make it feel like home. But more than anything else, it's about the heart. It's about people. And I'm just so excited that um, in our world today where church is actually, church attendance is on the decline from California all the way to New York City, um, that MVCC, thank you, Jesus. We give all glory and thanks to you that attendance has been up 28%. One of the other really cool things that's happening is the Sunday online attendance is up 13%, which is really cool because most everything you know is online. People are doing everything online and sometimes we gotta catch a service online. We're on vacation or there's illness or whatever. And so our online presence is up 13%. So little MVCC, that's a huge deal. And I'm, I'm excited about that because we can reach people everywhere with the extension and the arm of the love of Jesus and the heart of his word. So um, of course, some of this took finances to get us into that place. Um, high school ministry is up 6%. This is huge for high school ministry, high school students, because we have high school students that 
are really lost in our culture. Um, one of the passions we have here is to reach students and young people for Christ. And we want to do a good job of that. Um, the junior high ministry is up 3%. That's also, we're all in the up, right? We're all in the positive, which is cool. And you know as well as I do, junior hires, I love them, but they're not easy, right? Someone once said you can throw them against the wall on the stickums and just let them stick there on the wall and then get them at night after the day is over. And that's about all you can do with a junior hire. I tend to disagree with that. Junior hires are the ones that are bringing their friends. High schoolers are the ones that bring in their friends. They're like, yeah, we just want to serve God. When I accepted Jesus into my life, I remember I got so swept up into Jesus and what high school students were doing. Yeah, we're going down to build a house in Mexico. We're going down to LA and feed the homeless. We're in Bible study. We're just loving each other. All those things usually comes from the young people. I'm so glad that our team of pastors are doing such a good job of making sure we're reaching and the volunteers reaching that age group. Mission Kids is up 21%. Isn't that amazing? That means our zero through fifth grade. That's huge. Um, And then we just want to keep moving up and up and up with that. Um, The next one is our Spanish ministry, which meets at 11 a.m. every Sunday, is up 6%, which is awesome. We're reaching our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters. Total volunteers, this is the huge one. Total volunteers is up 41% at MVCC. I'm like, wow, God, you are amazing. You're using our, our team, you're using our volunteers to get the word out that, hey, we just want to reach people for Jesus and love them. So um, the next one that is really exciting also is um, missions participation. 49% up. Missions means we're reaching out locally, but we're also reaching out globally. That means more involvement. We're able to outreach of the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible. I also wanted to let you know that our life group participation, our life groups are up 10%. God is rallying more leaders to have more life groups. And then, of course, our Next Steps um, class that we have, 75% of people who got connected here in some way at MVCC went through our Next Steps class. And in fact, there's a next one starting um, next week. So um, I just want to say a big thank you to God, first of all, because God gets all the glory, but he uses us, right? And so um, some of the really cool things that are happened in 2023 as a result of giving and hearts and offerings is we have an organization called um, Mothers of Preschoolers called MOPS. We've been praying about this for 10 years. And there's a group of moms from our preschool that attend here at MVCC and said, hey, we want to get a MOPS group starting. And there's over 40 women who are here on Wednesdays that are worshiping God and learning how to be good moms and talking about momhood and all that stuff. And I love it. 90 new people in 2023 made MVCC their home. We have a lot of younger families, children running around here. D12 is launched, which is a one-on-one discipleship program that we have. If you want to learn about following Christ, 25 people went through that last year. And we have, are just praying about um, doubling that in 2024. And at Fall Fest is something we do every year. We had record-breaking numbers of volunteers who said, I will help on Fall Fest Outreach Sunday. Um, our worship team has a great team. People are working together, um, chasing after the presence of God. I just wanted to let you know that all of these things that are happening, our Young at Heart ministry, which is 55 and older, we have more volunteers. 41 people, as Pastor Brian mentioned, said yes to Jesus Christ by getting baptized in 2023. We have a full-on, full-capacity school just right over the hill here, Missionville Christian School, that we have a privilege 
of over 500 children every day enrolled at school, a Christian school where they can have Bible in school, they can have chapel, their teachers are praying with the kids, they're learning about Jesus. Of course, everything else, it's accredited school and just great things are happening. We have a preschool, a kids club, after school daycare program. All of this takes resources to make that happen. And I just wanted you to be encouraged that the story that God is writing about MVCC, we're in it. We are in it together. You and I are a part of that. So this is for everyone, your neighbor who wonders, what do I do now about life when a crisis hits? For guys out there in that South County area that think, I'm never gonna go to church. They can't do anything for me. Church is for soft and weak people. For vulnerable women who've been abused, feel like they're damaged from the past, that they're not worth anything. They find value out that Jesus loves them and can put their life on a whole new plane the confused young adults just trying to figure out life, addicted persons, maybe afraid of relapsing, um, teens who are thinking about suicide, a single person who wants to be married and a widow or widower at senior um, season of life, adults trying to make sense of everything, new chapters in life, the forgotten people, lonely people. This is for everyone. It's not about us. It's about him. Rich people, poor people, lost people, found people, young people, older people, Jewish people, Samaritan people, non-Jewish people, popular people, forgotten people, angry people, and confused people. So I got a question to wrap this up. What if I just gave half my heart to God? I saw this, um, this went viral, this video I wanted to show you of a wedding that happened. And I've often kind of wondered, I've had the privilege of standing before many people who get married, been to a lot of weddings. What if the bride or groom said at the vows, you know, I think I'm just gonna give you half my heart, right? Just wanna show you this video, something that happened and, um, and then we'll wrap this up. I, Andrew Paul Daniel Ingstrom. I, Andrew Paul Daniel Ingstrom. Do take Melissa Renee Warren. Do take Melissa Renee Warren. To be my lawfully wedded wife. To be my waf- lawfully. <laughs> and pancakey. <laughs> I've been scared of this all my life. So funny. Now here's here's what I want to say about this. That couple that went viral everywhere. You may have seen it, and they were interviewed on ABC News, NBC News, Nightly News um, about how are they're doing now, and they're just a great couple. They're Christians, both their, both their fathers are pastors. Um, his father was the one that was performing the wedding who said waffle, he really messed it up. And they explained the whole story. And what I wanna say is this, what if at that moment, when everything settled down, they would have said, I'm just giving you half. That wouldn't have worked, would it? And I want us at MVCC say, God, you got me. My whole heart, God, is with you. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. 
Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.